0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another scale riders podcast episode. We are number 204. I'm your host, 65 Logs with my guest Matt, all the way in Northern California. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. You? Hey, doing good, man. Doing pretty good. It's um I'm excited, dude, because I see what's behind you. Lots of builds. I got to see some of these builds out at uh, NNL West um earlier um in the uh in the year. I mean, I would say well, Maybe it's been about a month since since I saw you at the NNOS. Uh, wasn't it was the end of January, right? Yeah, it hasn't been that long, but I feel now like... We're it's coming been, up on three weeks, I think, something like that. Yeah, it's been flying by, so it, it feels like it's been going by pretty quick. Right? Yeah, it seemed like it was last weekend. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, um, it's crazy because I think back, I still remember around the time when I met you, and this had been a um, been obviously before the pandemic, but I remember going up to NNL West and being in line and I ran into Gavin and you were hanging. Oh yeah. And yeah, he is- came and stayed with me that year. Yeah, uh, that might've been one like- of the first NNL I
1: think he went to. And he, mm-hmm. I was living in the old house and I told him, i said say, if you come out, just stay with me. Oh, so that's he dope. To my house. I still had to go to work and stuff, but it was cool. Yeah. Having a- and we were just sitting there goofing off for a week or so. <laughs> so that's it was cool, cool, man.
0: Yeah, was that like around 2018 or 2017? I think
1: so. Yeah, he would remember. I
0: think it, it was. It was. I think it was 18.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If I can recall. Yeah, uh, what a trip! Yeah, because I I still remember that, like just being out there and um and seeing you guys you know and meeting you there and and then just like in person and then you know obviously when you guys were set up, you guys had your builds kind of near each other. Yeah, probably, that's, right, like, that's right see all this stuff there and even during that year when i went when i brought builds my builds at that time were more like lowrider they were yeah I I
1: those because i think you had the hudson and some other stuff and uh i'm a paint guy so like you know parking next to the lowriders and stuff is always nice because it gives you that inspiration to try and apply it to something else so i've adapted a a lot of metal flake to some of my cars
0: yeah oh dude that's that's so cool man. it's
1: kind of an addiction now like I I just I flake everything you know Uh car parts or whatever whatever I can come up with I'll flake it first and then go after that
0: yeah tell us about like your setup like what's typically your setup you know as far as like airbrushing um when it (laughs) comes to
1: um, your process of painting your cars so I mean normally I just use like to me a primer from a jar I have all my stuff here so I'll just kind of pull it out as I go but it's just this, to me, a primer here. Um, but sometimes like if, if you want to just like a quick and dirty prime and you know, you're going to sand back this stuff, Napa, uh, color line, this stuff's great and it dries in like five minutes and you can wet sand it or just dry sand it in a couple minutes. It's great. Um, but after that, I I'll use higher end stuff like uh house of color generally, um, or I use a lot of tropical glitz, actually. Like I have, I think they're white base coats and stuff like that, because it's um, it's good paint and it doesn't have any, you know, I get some problems with the lacquers, like the coverage. You have to put a lot of it on, or the stuff that I get from tropical glitz or House of Color, it covers quick, you know, one or two passes and you're generally covered for the full base coat. So. um. Yeah, and then I'll uh, if I'm doing flake black base coat, silver flake, um, tropical glitz on that, the .04 micro um, works out pretty good. I got a car back there, it's right in the middle, and it was kind yeah. of the first thing that I flaked a blue and silver skyline. Bust it out,
0: bust it out. Oh, okay, hold on one second.
1: So this one, uh, I looked at the car and I, uh, <laughs> the decal set was so simple. And I looked at it and thought, man, it would be a lot better if I flake that instead. And I really like how this thing turned out. So when you hit it with some hard light, it'll, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it'll it will really, it's got a lot of dance to it, especially in the sun. Um, but it was 100% coverage metal flake. And then I just masked off all the designs myself. And then I just used a couple of the number decals and stuff. But the design is is based directly off of the original um decal set that came with it but it turned out pretty good i i don't do a lot of wet sanding because it's not something i'm good at so i i i'll when i clear i'll let it sit for a week and then i will um i'll wet sand it and then i'll clear it again as a flow coat and it, and most times it prevents the wet sanding because the polishing thing is not something I'm uh, very good at. So I've uh, kind of found my workaround so that I don't have to do any polishing on my cars. But overall, they turn out pretty good. Some of them they get the clear coat shrink, but that's all
0: right. Yeah, I mean when when I've seen these cars at the show, to me it looked like they were polished the way, no, the way I saw no, no. them. Dude, there's only the big Porsche, that big orange Porsche
1: that I did, that that Jagermeister one. Uh, the roof is polished and that's it Um, but the rest of it uh, I did anything I could to avoid polishing on it because it never goes well for me
0: (laughs) yeah you know that that was always a fear for me with uh with the polishing and most of the models you know would do the same just hit them with clear and then after that just you know give it some time and I would do like a light sand and then I'd hit it with like a flow coat after that yep I was using like that the house of color clear and it wasn't until just, just recently where, you know, I was like instructed on how to do the polishing and, you know, and, and I was told like what to get that. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take that plunge, uh, use a rotary tool and do all that <laughs> and dude That's I mean, I last night <laughs> I, I was, I was a little worried, you know, at, at, at first, but then once I started going and I started to really see what was going on. Um, I wasn't too scared anymore. You know, I, I just like, overcame that fear and. And now I'm just like, all right, you know, so I'm I'm gonna have to like send you some pics and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely from my end.
1: um, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, it's a car that's inside, it's a Porsche. It it comes apart, so I just left it inside. But I did have to have to do some touch-up polishing on that because there was a bunch of um dust and stuff in it. Because I paint in an open garage, as you can see, so I don't have you know a spray booth or anything like that. So I kind of when I have to fix stuff, I'll do it, but. I try my best not to do the whole car because I've sanded through too many corners to to continue trying to do it. So I think at some point this year, I'd like to, after going to NNL, you get a lot of inspiration to build stuff. So I think this year, I, you know, I want to do at least six cars would be nice. Um, yeah. You know, progressively more ambitious, but I've got that police car going and I got yeah. the flashing lights and all that stuff. And that's one of the things I've, I've been wanting to do for a while. And I was finally able to build the circuit boards and stuff. And now I just have to finish the car because it's all wired up and ready to go. So it's, uh, you know, I'd like to do things I haven't done before. You know, I can, I can paint, that's not a problem, but doing more detailed stuff, doing engines, um, lights. And as you saw, I I painted some bases for my displays and it's just more things I'd like to do, you know, next time, and comes around. I'd like to have a lot more stuff to show people.
0: No, that that's cool, man. Like on that GTR, that Hako, like the 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 flake that's on that is is that the uh, the one from Tropical Glitz that you yeah. use?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the micro, the .04, uh, the small one. Yeah, it's and really um,
0: it's really good stuff. Are you using um, like a flake gun, or what are you using to shoot the flake?
1: <laughs> no, I, I uh, on on an airbrush. You uh, if you get a tip that's like a point point five, or if you got something a little bit bigger, I used a Badger on that. I think. If you just slide the needle back, it'll leak. You know, clear coat or uh, inner coat, whatever you use to to spray it. But I'll I'll pull the needle back and I'll just hit it, and then the second you hit it with air, it comes out. It's not a very conventional method, but it's it's how I do
0: it sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I've used some of those badger like those cheap airbrushes. Oh dude, yeah. I have uh, the badger like here Freight, too. just to shoot yeah. the flake like the, they're like throwaway airbrushes. <laughs>
1: this is the one that if if you want to shoot some flake this thing's got like a two millimeter tip it's huge it's just an old badger uh i don't even know what this thing is it's huge oh sorry it's a it's a pache type vl the tip is huge it's a single action but man it really dumps the the flake on if that's what
0: you're going for oh that's dope Do, do you know if that one goes up to like a seven or is it just a five on that um uh well, I normally spray this Iwata, it's
1: HPCS, it's a 0.5, I use for almost everything. Uh, this one, I mean, visually the tip looks like it's about two millimeters, it's huge. Um, but it's it's a uh, siphon fed, so it's a little easy to clean out, you know, you can just clean out the the little bottle afterwards, but it's been a while since I flaked anything because uh, it makes a huge mess and I don't currently have a
0: spray booth. So <laughs> Dude, nah, it does. I, I remember when there was this product that came out that was uh, Coast Airbrush was advertising to shoot dry flake. Oh, yeah, the, it, the dry flake guns. Yeah, yeah. Dude, and I remember buying like the adapter, but this was for the airbrush because they also have like, oh, guns, really? But I got the one for the airbrush uh-huh. and, I, and I copped it, I connected it, and I remember um, using it. And this little space where I was be what I would be painting from, dude, it made a huge mess. Like oh, yeah. even worse. <laughs> Try
1: play guns are epic mess. Like, like. <laughs> the good thing though is it's not sprayed with inner coat or clear, so it cleans up fairly easily with a vacuum. But when you start spraying with like inner coat, it starts to stick to things and it just makes a huge mess that takes forever to clean up. So in most cases it's worth it, but I'm yeah, I'm not at an optimal, you know, location to make that happen right now. But you know, I'll still find a way to do it uh it's just i'd prefer not to right now so yeah stick to like uh like standard metallic coats like uh tropical glitz i use a lot of their paint <laughs> but it's good uh, stuff
0: so i'll keep that's cool. it cool so yeah you know i i want to know about your history bro like when did you get started how'd you how this all start for you with model building so <laughs> um it's not a very extensive history honestly it's uh my
1: dad's been building for a long time like since he was a kid, maybe forty five, fifty years, something like that. But he's always been a plane guy. You know, he's he got us snap kits when we were kids. And then uh about eight years ago, he bought me a uh, when I was into RC cars, I was doing a lot of RC drift stuff. And he bought me a, a Tamiya R34 Skyline, and I kind of started on it, but then he left and he did I he wasn't around to give me tips so that we could build it at the same time, you know and it got put away for years. And then, oh, I would say like five years ago, something like that. I, uh, I started buying kits myself, uh, after having built, uh, another different skyline and, um, from there, it kind of just spiraled out of control, if you will. <laughs> so it's just mostly like a import car thing, but it was all my dad, I would say it's his fault. Um, but I have, uh, no regrets for getting into the hobby. It's, it's a lot of fun, you know, long day at work. I just come and sit in the garage and work on my cars for a little while. Um, and just build, you know, and then when I'm not building, I'll try to take some time. Like I'll talk to Casey and we'll, you know, work on 3d print designs and stuff. Cause I do a lot of printing as well. Um, and that really allows you to do a lot more with your cars.
0: Um, uh, did your dad ever trip out though like when he's noted he started to take notice that you were now on your own getting into this and now he's so i've got
1: yeah so there's i have there's four of us i have three brothers and i'm the only one that got into this because it was just him and my grandpa and i'm the only one that kind of followed suit but it's my brothers are family guys and you know i'm just the one with you know three dogs and cars so (laughs) (laughs) uh, I got nothing but spare time so you know if if this is how I spend my spare time I'm happy with it so um he uh he he came out to NNL I I think you may
2: have yeah I met him I met your dad before yeah that's
1: what I thought because he came Mm -hmm. out that one year that you guys were up um yeah but that that's the first car show he'd ever been to Oh dope. So he he only he he almost exclusively builds planes. He's he builds cars too. He actually built a couple of the cars that are on the table here. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him, he's real picky. You know, he builds a lot of really high-end planes and stuff. And if he gets something one thing wrong, the whole kid's scrapped to him.
0: <laughs> he's done. Yeah. So on he, to the uh,
1: next. He's got a couple of these cars and he was happy with them, but he just he sent them off to me. And then I've got this one right here. Oh, hey, let's see know. it. It's a battlefield Mercedes. He uh, he did this whole thing, and on the on, oh gosh, where was it? I can't even tell where it is because there's not actually anything wrong with it. But he wasn't happy because he got a drop of glue on the paint somewhere. But you could look at this thing for an hour and you would never even see where the glue was. But he sent it to me because he was unhappy with how the glue got on the paint. So that's okay with me though, because he builds really nice cars so having you know some of the stuff that he's built on display in my cabinet it's kind of nice gives you something
0: to work towards i guess (laughs) yeah man that's cool and as far as like when when you decided to get on you know like online social media and like networks um was instagram like the the first kind of landing place where you were you know showcasing your bills or were you in other communities elsewhere Uh, no
1: no that was it um and actually the whole Instagram thing started because of the car I had and people had to push me into it because I'm not a I'm not a big social media guy by any stretch of the definition. And uh, I had the Toyota Cressida with all the hearts and stuff on the side. And that's kind of what spiraled that. And then I started building little cars and they kind of got noticed as well. Um, but it's not one of those things that I don't have an account exclusive to anything, you know, I'll put anything I'm interested in, mm-hmm. up, you know, whether people enjoy it or not is is up to them
0: but uh yeah i still remember seen, that, that yeah. car dude because you sold it right yeah
1: yeah i, I sold that uh you, you you've probably seen the progression of my car purchasing and selling in the last year or so hey, yeah i, a I got a it. i sold the crested and i bought a um 97 toyota mark ii mm-hmm. uh, from japan um i also had a, uh, I had a 240sx that i got um Most people probably wouldn't believe me, but I, I bought it like two years, three years ago for like 700 bucks. Um, and I got that from a guy that bought it back in 96, a year after it was new. And it was a guy I worked with. And from the day I started working at the lab, I saw the car and I said, Hey, who owns the car? So I, I had to go find him. And every day until he retired, I bugged him. Hey, if you sell the car, call me first. And a year after he retired, he did, he called me and he says, Hey, cars for sale, if you still want it. I said, I I, I got cash and sure enough, uh, he, he got, I got it cheap because it got backed into by a garbage truck. So it, the, the bumper of the garbage truck hit the fender and then it hit the door, which doubled the repair value and it salvaged the car out, but it wasn't in a major accident. It just got backed into. So I was happy to pay. He originally wanted 1500 bucks, but he says, if you do the salvage title, paperwork and inspections and stuff i'll give it to you for 700 So okay that's fine with me and i found a guy that was gonna he was gonna cut it up and turn it into a rocket bunny s14 he's got a crash gto with the ls and uh, t56 and all that so he's gonna swap everything out anyway and he uh he ended up you know paying me uh at my asking price uh for the car so I took that money and I bought another '97 Toyota Mark II, uh, the blue one, um, because I I bought it with. Uh, it's got a single cam two liter. It's a gutless car, but I I had a 1J from a Chaser in my storage that I was gonna swap into the 240SX, but I wanted a Mark II because I'm a Toyota guy. So I sold a Nissan, bought that, and now I, I have most of the parts to put this 500 horsepower motor into my daily driver like an idiot damn that's <laughs> a, that's, the,
0: that's the car you took to the the pizza party too right? that's the one yeah, yeah that's yeah, the blue yeah. one
1: you saw um yeah, that's tight i used to have four cars now i got two because i i just sold two more <laughs> uh-huh. i sold one of the mark twos and i sold my lexus to buy buy a toyota aristo 1997 hey, yeah so it's 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 a gs 300 but in japan they were offered with a uh, twin turbo engine uh-huh so i I can't afford a Supra, but I can afford an Aristo. So that's what I bought. Yeah. I got word this morning it'll ship out from Japan in 10 days. So it should be here mid midway next month. Hopefully. Dang. Yeah. So yeah you see NNL, I'll be in something else again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next year, man, when I go yeah. back, you'll be like, check it out. Oh, yeah. I'd no, be a lot faster this time. So
1: <laughs> nah, we were that's driving NNL in the blue car because it's on really stiff suspension. And a couple yeah. of my cars fell victim and broke in the trunk. So oh, that, the yellow Toyota truck came apart i had to glue um, up basically the whole bottom of the truck back together and then what else
0: felt casual yeah show show us the toyota truck oh let me get it out it's not a big case with the green car so hold on one second yeah let's check that out right there yeah let me uh let me shout out some people right now we got some people in the chat um what's up to ryan slowly models gary seeds snacks what's up guys hope you guys are doing well uh reuben martinez and everyone tuning in um at some point i'm gonna ask you guys you know obviously questions so if you guys got those please um you know plug them in and i'll make sure to ask matt and right now he's uh he's gonna be ready to show his the next build right here take it away
1: so here's the that little toyota truck that got glued back together um it's the aoshima truck but a. Uh, I, I, I don't, I could take it out of the box if you want, but it's got much wider tires on it. And I, when I went to Hawaii, I got really addicted to this Hawaiian style truck where it's all these old Toyotas, but they put, you know, 15 inch wide wheels on it with really skinny tires. So it looks stretched and it was something that kind of grew to like, and I got the kit and it was cool, but the wheels were too narrow for me. So I, uh, that was kind of my venture into 3d printing. Cause I already do a lot of design work and stuff at work. So coming up with a wheel design for this, I just copied what was in the kit, but I just made it like eight millimeters wider and it gave me a much better result. So um, and from there, instead of buying kits just for the tires, because these are actually stretched rubber tires, uh, I took time after that, after I finished this truck and I designed uh, super swamper boggers and the regular super swampers. So now I can print tires and wheels and not have to sacrifice the kit. To get parts out of it because I don't like doing that. I like to have complete kits ready to go, um, but it worked out pretty good. I just need to build another truck. That I I got to get that four runner they came out with because I think that would look pretty good next to this with my tires on it.
0: Yeah, that's tight. Yeah, I like that case. You have them both both cars in there, man. Hobby
1: Lobby, man. These things are great, and they're permanently marked down on price too. So the, the big ones are like ten bucks, and the small ones are like six or seven.
0: Yeah, damn. Yeah, I normally get my cases from there too for yep. the models it's been a minute though i haven't gone yeah. they don't always have them either because i usually i'll
1: go by you know a few at a time but they went for a, a period of time where they didn't have the 24 scale size boxes they only had 32nd scale and then 18th so uh, i had to dig from my i i had stocked up on them which hmm. is what i tend to do yeah um and I started running out. So they got them back in and I bought all of them. So
0: yeah, I wanted to, I was trying to find, to see if I could carry some of those. Cause I really like, oh yeah, cars, I, I tried to find them outside of the hobby lobby website, but no dice. Yeah, nah, nah, they, I, I think they, um, uh, they, they own a company that makes it yeah, for them, right. you know, specially for them. And the only ones I could get are the ones from AMT, but I, yeah. I, I have some of those from back then and. I, yeah. those things are always coming apart oh do they really because i got a yeah. bunch of those too and i don't know i don't know if they're old or what but every time i'm like carrying a model, like the like i always drop yeah that,
1: that'll happen on these clear ones too so you have to be really careful on mm-hmm. mine i'll tape the bottoms
0: on yeah, yeah yeah i've had the bottoms fall out
1: before luckily nothing broke but it's you, you skip a heartbeat when you see a car fall to the floor so
0: <laughs> nah, <laughs> yeah, dude. it's like what the hell is going on exactly yeah yeah that's crazy so model building and like the 3d printing when the 3d printing, like, you know, revolution started to happen. Were you excited for that? Or, or I don't want to get into like... it anyways, mm-hmm. um, because it
1: does make parts a lot easier to have, you know, for a while, uh, the little Aoshima 14 inch wheels. When I initially got into this, they were a little hard to find. And then now they go on this, this, this production spree. So they'll, they'll release, you know six sets of wheels again, and they do it like every year. So they're easy to get now. But back when I got into it, it wasn't so easy. So that's where I was designing my own wheels and tires and printing my own stuff. Because it it was hard to find instead of, you know, paying $15 or $30 or whatever it was a set. um, You can print four or five sets of wheels and it costs, you know, very little in comparison. Uh, and being that I do design work, it was a lot easier to step into this and kind of fall right into path of getting this stuff to work. And now I, I print a lot of different parts and I get a lot of Casey's files because his work is, his design works amazing. So it's, uh, it's something I would recommend if anybody has the patience to learn how to use fusion or SketchUp or whatever, um, 3d printing is definitely going to be the way that everything goes for sure. Cause you can, you've seen like, there's a lot of guys out there printing full kits, bodies and everything um and I have a feeling that's kind of where this is going to go so it's just nice to step into it before everybody else so I'm kind of well versed in how to get all this stuff to work
0: yeah that's pretty dope um you had told me earlier you, you were uh, working on an engine that you printed that. oh think. yeah yeah that's, show,
1: show us this is Casey's new 4AGE it's uh the chrome on the throttle bodies is still still wet but it goes together really nice and the prints are really good and if I had a better computer, I would print more at a time, but, uh, I just print two at a time right now. And I, now I
0: need to build a Corolla for that to go into <laughs> that's cool. And, and now uh, that car, like when you're going to, you know, I mean that engine, when you're going to put it in the car, are you going to pretty much scratch build like the whole engine bay? As yeah. Well?
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um,
1: designing stuff like that is, is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I'm a lot better at like wheels and tires, um, and other small pieces that I can kind of work my way around, but um scratch building is it's not something I've done a lot of but I can do it it's just sometimes you kind of run out of patience uh because things don't always go the way you want it to go but take a break from it come back to it and it'll it'll happen so not too big of a deal
0: no that's pretty cool yeah because you know for a lot of these builds I do want to eventually start adding even engines myself you know and I'm always like thinking like all right for sure you know it's gotta you gotta create an engine bay for that as well yeah some guys
1: are are printing engine bays and stuff too but um i've seen a lot of guys scratch build them and they turn out just as good so there's there's a couple guys out there that kind of keep up with like a styrene engineer his scratch building is from nothing is amazing and he uh he started building a car recently and it's just as good so um I think with a little bit of patience and just kind of a little research to figure out what you want to build and just think of, you know, a logical approach to doing it, you can kind of come up with anything out of styrene, which is nice, but it's, it's a lot more patience required than it is for 3d printing and design stuff, at least for me.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And as far as like your builds, I mean, from what I've saw, you know, seeing them at the at the pizza party that was like the the place where i really got to like like you know get really close to see all your builds because you know the Mm -hmm. setting there it was was, uh, it's like very chill everyone's just talking and hanging out Mm -hmm. and you have that opportunity to look at everyone's cars up close because they're all they're all set up there and Mm -hmm. I noticed a lot of yours there's like a lot of little easter eggs everywhere you know you see a lot of cool detail stuff in there that to me i'm just like yo this is like like what people put in their real cars you know
1: yeah there's a couple staples i like to have because i really like that like kaido racer style car in japan and a big thing that they have is those big crystal shift knobs let me see if i can find one for you that i've got yeah i was like uh, yo I,
0: I like those that you uh that you make the one with the painted base here yeah Let's see. all right let me let me uh
1: hold on one second let me pull the car me, up because yeah. it's uh,
2: inside the cars where i'm kind of going with this here So what I, like the staple of all
1: my cars is I put heart steering wheels. You can barely see it, but inside you can see the big crystal shift knob. And I kind of do those on all my cars, whether it's the big polka dotted van
2: or, you know, a newer car. I think the Toyota Arista right here has it as well. You can kind of see. I'll pop this one out too. I have a feeling i'm going to drop a car tonight
1: <laughs> all right here we go yeah so this is kind of like the car the real car i'm waiting on from japan too um but inside of here it's the same it's got a blue crystal shift knob and a light blue steering wheel uh heart heart steering wheel but it's it's one of those things i just print a ton of hard steering wheels and i just put them in everything so you know, you can if, if you can't tell it's my car from the outside, you can definitely look at the steering wheel and the shift knob, and it's probably gonna be the same on all of them. So <laughs> it's uh it's kind of cool. The whole heart I the heart steering wheel thing started because I, I do a lot of like welding and stuff at work and I, I was at home and you know, like the in the low rider culture, they have like the small wheels or they have the heart wheels, uh, the small donuts and all that stuff. I ended up making a heart steering wheel for the Cressida that that ended up being super popular. And that's kind of what fueled the fire for these printed ones. And I put heart steering wheels in everything now because you know the despite the look of it, the heart steering was actually kind of comfortable because you can plop your hand right in the middle on the top
0: and you're just cruising <laughs> yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, yeah, being able it's, to use one of those.
1: It's definitely weird to drive with though. I wouldn't recommend it for a daily driver, but I drove <laughs> to l a for toyota fest two or three times with a heart steering wheel so
0: mm. it's not too bad nice man you gotta you gotta show us the van now i keep looking at it oh right yeah, behind yeah. You. hold on
1: one second the yeah looks so behind. rad it was i wish they'd come up with this kit again because they've got the highest but they don't have this is from the vanning series um and uh it's not a, i can't open it all up but in inside it's um I did a full like tuck interior so it's got the craft foam and it, I match the pattern that's on the wall so the whole inside of the van is um is like a square tuck uh and it actually it's got lights and everything so all the all the taillights and stuff light up it's just not hooked up right now I gotta go get a battery pack and all that stuff but um I, I wish they'd make this kit again this thing was really fun um, I just don't think they're going to do it cause this kit it's really old. It's an old, uh, it's cut from the vanning series. I think this was number three or something like that out of, out of three, but it was that one was pretty popular cause it's, it's so unique. It was selected, I think two or three times for uh, model cars magazine. Um, actually the first time I brought it out was when my dad was here and in the magazine his picture was right next to mine of his brown he had a foos truck the 56 um and the first show we went to together uh we ended up in the same magazine same page right next to each other so that was pretty cool
0: damn that's dope man that's a good memory right there
1: it is yeah i bought several copies of that magazine so my mom's got Mm -hmm. one dad's got one um and whoever else wanted it but it was just cool for me. It's not something that everybody gets to say they they got to do with
0: their dad. So, yeah, dude, definitely, man, that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, dude. He must be like prouder, but also trip out like how yeah. far on with all your builds, you know.
1: He likes the stuff I do. It's a, it's a little bit wild for him, but mm-hmm. he uh, he's a hot rod guy. But he he likes that you know what I come up with in terms of like designs, and you know I'll ask him questions on what he thinks and kind of mix ideas with what he thinks and i'll kind of produce it and see what uh what he thinks overall and when i'm done like that this uh celica right here um i i asked to, i i just asked him when his birthday was but it was 58 so his he was born in 58 so i put 58 on the car kind of for him so it's uh well it's just one of those small details most people wouldn't recognize but it's one of those things when he looks at it, he'll know he'll remember it so but I I did the matching base. I got this idea from a this young fellow out in Florida, uh, Sarah built he uh, he was doing dioramas on these little boxes, and I thought oh man that's a good idea. So I pulled this car out because it's the most recognizable in terms of pattern. So I painted the base to match the car I got to re clear coat it again, but I think I'm going to go ahead and do another car next. And I think it's going to be that blue and silver skyline because I need to flake something here pretty soon. Um, but at some point, I think that's that could be a whole separate hobby. Honestly, you could you could paint a base to match every single car and it would just be a
0: cool display piece, you know? Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. You know, like that case, so the bottom piece, mm. is that the piece that comes with the case? Yeah. Like that oh, little, yeah. it's like a cardboard material? No, 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 no. The, the acrylic cases from
1: Hobby Lobby are, are full acrylic.
0: Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I remember the bottom is
1: clear. Um, yeah, don't fit very good. So hmm. you fit a little loose. That one's really loose. So if I were to pick it up by the lid, it would fall off. Nah. Uh, but they're super easy to paint. You just hit it
0: with a 600 grit prime it, um, and you're off to the races. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was wondering about that because like I've purchased some of their cases before. You know, when they come with that little mirror.
1: Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Of, little one material my, on there. I thought, thought it was that at first.
1: first. Yeah. So let me find it for you there's a car over here that's got that mm-hmm. uh, oh man i can't oh it was the the aristo you can see here i kind of left it covered up but it's got the you can see the little the silver chrome base in there yeah
0: you could peel that off and
1: then yeah, it's those are the chrome. ones that cost more they're like ten dollars and while it's still cheap i'd rather just pay the six for the one that doesn't have it
0: yeah yeah so, that's that's right yeah uh, i need uh, to get some man i need to get more uh, oh more i would recommend it to anybody cases. they're really good cases
1: and they stack nice because i use ikea glass cabinets so you can stack instead of three cars on a shelf you can put nine cars on a shelf in these boxes damn yeah you can get quite a few cars in one one display cabinet like uh 36 or something like that and they're all visible which is really nice
0: yeah that's cool man and like how do you pick your cars like as far as a year like let's say like this year like have you selected what cars you want to build like how do you get into that I'm one of those guys that I
1: only build one car at a time if I start two things I'll never finish the second one so I I just kind of freestyle and actually what I do a lot is I ask a lot of my friends to get their input because a lot of the guys I know they they kind of understand my taste and they'll give me some suggestions and they'll pick you know three or four cars and then I'll just pick one from that so I I have so many kits that Picking something can be a little bit difficult sometimes because I've i got so many, I had to make an inventory list. So I stopped buying duplicates.
0: <laughs> Damn. Do you ever like take photographs of like everything stacked up? Just, you know, uh, I
1: wish I could. There's like 50 boxes. <laughs>
0: <Damn>. oh, <laughs> That's that. a lot, man. It's do like you, a thousand kids. What do you do when you... When you're working on a build and then you reach that like point where you're kind of stuck, where, or, where you need to push through, but you're not pushing through and you're just kind of idling. Like you oh, want to finish it, but you can't,
2: what like do you do? The, there?
0: Like the loss of motivation kind of thing.
1: Seeing other people's stuff get built. Uh, the big one though, is like, uh, you know, Alex, um, L L Handys. Yes he uh his model car pizza or not pizza but uh cars and coffee at the local hobby store uh those are kind of nice because he gets a lot of guys out there that are really good at building and when you see their stuff done especially one of the guys up here patrick he 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 turns out really nice cars and uh every time you see one of his you kind of get that fire under your ass to start building something else because if he's got the whole family and everything and he's still getting stuff done i got no excuses man
0: (laughs) yeah no yeah that's crazy so like you living in in northern california what city are you located in? i'm in dublin so east bay dang and like out there as far as like you know um like the community goes as far as like model building is everyone kind of spread out like living in different cities because i know alex is out in oakland right he is yeah that's about 15 minutes away okay Yeah, he's not that far. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I don't know a lot of builders out here, honestly. I don't think I've really met any in this area. Um, San Jose, Patrick is down there. Uh, Alex is in Oakland. There's a couple guys near me, but um, they'll build cars on occasion, but they're more armor guys, tanks, Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that uh but they're really good to talk to because if you ever like if you build a race car or something which i plan to do i'd like to weather it so it looks like it survived a 24-hour race or something like that yeah those are the perfect guys to know because the tank guys are the best weathering guys i've ever met um and if you when i need to get tips i definitely go to them first Uh, Mm Um, and they're all regulars one of them even works at the local hobby store as like a um like a just a saturday thing And he's real good to talk to because he 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 experiments with all sorts of paints and weathering stuff, and he's real good. So I I always keep in contact with kind of everybody, not just the car guys.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I remember there was a a model shop that closed Northern California not too long ago, maybe like I think I'm pretty sure before the pandemic. Um, but I I don't know the name of it, but I remember Louis. I think D and G Hobbies closed. Maybe. I remember Luis went, and another friend of mine went the days before they closed down. And they Gosh, I know what it is. Uh, photos the, outside the, of the people spot. I know
1: of, and then uh, we have, like, Sheldon's hobbies, but that's still around. But he's not a big – he's an RC car guy.
0: Yeah. But not the one
1: not I go to is Hobbies Unlimited, and, you know, I've, I've known that guy essentially my whole life because my dad has gone there before I was born,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we've been going in there – i'm 37 and i would say i've been going there for 36 years dang right we would go go and terrorize the store and dad would bring us in (laughs) yeah uh, we would just hang out dad goes there to hang out and when he comes into town that's what we go do is we go get breakfast with the guys and after we get breakfast we just hang out in the shop for a few hours and you know kind of shoot the shit
0: yeah it's just
1: a good time you know it's just to hang out on a Saturday morning and when it's cold out, it's great because it's it's warm inside the store. So yeah. <laughs> there's no questions
0: asked. That's uh, cool. So like out in your area, like it's either like NNL West or the, the cars and coffee that you guys yeah. get together with. That's, that's kind, of, kind of, of it. Yeah. And that's kind of it, right? hmm For the most part. And then everything well, else. There's can... more I
1: don't know about it. I'd like to know about it because... Mm a lot of them are we have a lot of lowrider guys out here um yeah. I, I seem to be one of the few import guys even at NNL, i don't see a lot more import cars besides mine yeah in this style at least a lot of imported race cars like uh audis and stuff like that but
0: mm-hmm.
1: in terms of like japan culture stuff not a lot so i think i'm holding the crown out in the bay
0: area for that <laughs> yeah no nah, that's dope and or at least i'm trying your interest in like in like you know the the Japanese cars and all that where did all of that start from so my grandma was from Japan um and that kind of
1: I don't know it's we've been around like I don't know how to put this like Japanese like culture I guess I don't know she was um she moved here when she was 25 I believe and lived here her whole life but when nobody was there, um, she was always on the phones with her sisters. So, you know, she kind of just, I don't know how to put this to have it make sense. Uh,
2: she, i to put it. She, uh, man, I don't
1: know how I got myself into a hole here. Have you, um, do you, have you traveled out there though? No, I wish. At some point I would, I got a pass. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, hell yeah. Um,
0: hey, let's go now. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, <laughs> I'm that. always, I'm always thinking like, all right, back when I went to Japan, like I only went once and that was 2017 to 2018. Right. And I was there with, with Armando Juan and Jerry. I remember that. Yeah. And that was fun, dude. That was super fun. Like being yeah, there. I don't think friends. I could
1: bring enough money though.
0: And, um, like, I don't know, man, like, I feel like. I, I mean, I want to go back, but it would be freaking dope to go out there. 100%. With yeah. with homies, you know, I think and,
1: they really let up on the restrictions too. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. need like a visa or anything to go. I think a standard passport's good enough once again, Yeah, which would be nice. But Hell yeah. yeah, I don't know the, the whole Japanese, I started owning like real cars when I was 16, I had a 62 Nova, but immediately bought, my. Um, I, I had a 91 MR2 and that kind of fueled the whole Japanese car thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the culture, I'd say it was my my grandma. She uh, very traditional lady, uh, which was cool because not a lot of people get to be around something like that. Mm-hmm. You no, know? uh, most people wouldn't even know by looking at me. But um, yeah, we uh, we were at grandma's house all the time That's and just so- always, always around it. So we, uh, I just wish she raised us on speaking Japanese. That would have been awesome. But yeah. yeah. I don't even think I know enough to
0: get myself in trouble. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> man, that's crazy. I never, I, I mean, I never knew that. I'm learning that right now. That's pretty dope. I was, yeah. you know, I was, I was thinking back at like, you know, what, what kind of um, connection? Like, I, one day I was like thinking, like, you know, I was thinking like, oh man, like I'm really, I'm really digging and I'm enjoying and learning a lot of, you know, the the, the JDM stuff, and even yeah. speaking with Casey about it. But then I started going back and like thinking like what, what's what's always been my connection like with with Japan you know um and then i remember and it hit me and i went holy shit like I, you know like my dad he's a florist mm-hmm. right but my dad didn't just learn like becoming a florist like yeah. my dad his teachers who taught him mm-hmm. were the were these ladies who were uh, japanese designers really yeah and and they, they they were living in Oxnard, and at that time, I'm talking about like like late '80s, early '90s. I mean, they were coming out with all these designs in the city, where this was fairly new. They were like on top of their game, doing all their thing, and you know, my dad just offered to help. Like, oh, I'll help you. You know, whatever you need, I'll bring it to you. Mm. And then he he noticed, man, they're overwhelmed. They're busy. Like, maybe maybe I could help them if they taught me a little. Yeah and then it just like they saw that he was always like there like wanting to help so then they just showed him but because of what they showed him they passed on like those skills to him and then yeah he he, he adapted that and he ran with it and then you know that sparked for him to open up his his own business the shop yeah. and and then eventually they retired but whenever we needed help they would come and help Oh us. really? Oh man that's Yeah nice. and then and I remember that they would, they would cook home-cooked meals and stuff Oh and then, yeah, and then bring it over. And then that's when I started eating Japanese food for the first time as a kid, yeah. Learned, they taught me how to use chopsticks, all this stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah,
1: that's, that all came from my grandma. She, uh, she lived right next to a skate park up in Walnut Creek. And, uh, a lot of my friends like to go because on the way back from the skate park, um, I'd call my grandma, just let her know that we're, you know, when we're in town, we might stop by. Mm-hmm. And she'd always make them fresh sushi. Dang. I'm not a sushi guy.
0: Yeah. Everybody
1: yeah. else loved it. So oh, hell yeah. I'd take all my friends over to grandma's house and they loved yeah. sushi. And she liked making it. she just liked having people to hang out with. So that's why we we always found ourselves over there just to hang out, you know, and just hang out at grandma's house. Sometimes we pass out there and I'd go to work from her house. So it uh it was pretty fun. Uh, unfortunately we lost her years ago, but I uh, I got a whole sleeve tattoo uh and like a traditional japanese style with her name so
0: oh that's nice man yeah that's, that's cool dude no yeah i mean it, it, it's just it, it's a trip man like i mean I, I was introduced to a lot of stuff and like yeah i loved it well, the and culture's deep.
1: too man you could go for miles on japanese culture and there's oh, so many man. things that are cool about it
0: yeah no i could see that dude and i don't know it, it's just like i just appreciate a lot you know every time i'm learning new things and and seeing how things kind of connect, that I'm like, what the hell? Like, it, it's such a trip. But yep. I guess this is what it's about, you know, this, this journey that we're going through right now. You know, yep. um, like meeting people and and just conversing with people, and then and then what's crazy is the model building. I mean, each one of us spends all this time working on our builds, yep. you know, in our rooms or you know in our little workspaces, and and it's like. You know we get to share this online and then we get to like you know see people's work critique it or you know get props whatever it is but it's also like a very motivational thing too it is and
1: and the internet really changed that too because now you're not you, you know just relegated to the guys in your area which in my area there's not a lot but now there's hundreds of thousands of people around the world putting you know model car content up and it's so easy to access this stuff and get motivation or talk to them you know, I've talked to a lot of guys and, you know, just get their tips on stuff. Cause you always learn something new doing this stuff, you know? And I think the internet, you know, it as it's goods and bads, but in terms of this stuff, man, it really, it really spread this model car thing like a wildfire, but it's great for us. Cause now we have access to all this stuff and it's been awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, we're, we're obviously using it for the good, you know, oh, yeah. our, our reasons. Um, It's a trip because I, I noticed even like now. Um, there's certain modelers who I've conversed with, they don't speak English, and I obviously don't speak their language. Yep. But just can still communicate somehow. Just communicating, you know, mess and DMing each other like yep. messages,
1: the translator. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that too, because it's not perfect, but it's good enough to get a point mm-hmm. across. Yeah. 100% converse with someone, say, in Japan um, or something like that, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about, which is awesome. I yeah, have a yeah. few guys, not a lot, but mm-hmm. not just a couple. So
0: I know. But the but the more I feel like, man, I, even I feel like man, I, should, I I need to start learning something. Like I want it motivates me to want to learn.
1: Learning Japanese is hard. I've tried.
0: Oh man. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hard, it, it, hard. Seems, it seems yeah. hard for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember, I remember uh, one of my homies, I sent him a voicemail. He's out in Poland and I sent him a voicemail in English and he yeah. was like He's like, oh man, he's like, I don't understand what you're saying, but yep. Yep. Uh, if you send it, write it out, write, write it out. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my bad, you know? And then yep. I wrote it out. Sometimes you have to think about that too, because, you yeah. know, when I he's like, talking
1: to your phone, you're like, you don't think much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get that message I've got a friend that just moved here from another country, and she's the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, if I type it out, it's a lot easier for her to understand because we, you know, we can talk a lot oh, way too fast for people that have just moved here.
0: Yeah. But, uh,
1: it's it's this whole translator social media thing has been great for hobbies and stuff for sure. Um, no regrets on that, you know, every time I see social media, it, it can go bad, and you think,, ah, I could cancel it right now, but at this point, I've got so many good people in there that I keep in contact with that there's there's no chance. So we'll ride this. out. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's my air compressor going. I guess it's got a leak, <laughs> yeah, I can' hear
0: no, it's all good and, and, and as far as like, the, the process of building, what would you say is like your least favorite? That gets uh, you frustrated. That you're like, oh man, I gotta do this again.
1: Uh getting the ride height set. It it can be frustrating sometimes. I i do a lot of curbside stuff. I'm not a I don't know do a lot of detailed bottoms because my cars are so low. Um sometimes I even find myself sanding the frame to slam it on the ground. And most of my cars just have metal axles in them. Um like, uh, let me pull the celica out, out again for you. I could I think this is kind of a prime example of what I'm talking about here. Um, this is another thing I'd like to improve for the years is build cars that actually have a lot of detail on the bottom. But you can see there's not much down there, it's just a metal axle and some uh, other stuff. But, um, that's one of the things I'd like to, to get to this year is to you know have a car I can put on a mirror base and you can look up on the bottom, and it's really nice too. Uh but for now I just like to do the pretty paint stuff so I'll stick to that for the next couple cars but I think at some point I want to really go crazy with a race car or something like that you know full plumbing and brake lines and you know the whole bottom anything I can come up with print parts as I need it you know
0: damn and the Porsche the the big one that you have oh how yeah did it take you to build that dude
1: so on and off it was 2 years uh and right in the middle of that I painted the body and then I got kind of to the base and then I stopped for a while and started building a bunch of other cars and this is kind of why I started I only do one car at a time usually because it took me a year to get back to the Porsche um I'm glad I did though because I ended up I designed all the plumbing fittings and I printed everything up so the whole car is kind of plumbed um not that there's a lot to it because it's an old carbureted car but uh it was kind of fun kind of just dabbling in in printed parts for bigger scale stuff um because the my print success on 24 scale fittings and stuff is um not very high (laughs) Hmm. the 12 scale stuff is super easy uh but i think in the future i'd like to do another 12 scale car a full body car like the porsche because i have a I got most of the 12 scale kits that Tamiya makes. It's, it's really bad, but I just have to figure out what to build next. I got a ton of options to pick from one of these days I'll put
0: pictures of all the junk I have. <laughs> That's dope, man. And like, I, I'm just tripping out. You managed to even find a case for that. Hobby lobby. Yeah. The same, same ones. Uh,
1: it barely fits. I have a formula one car I did, and it doesn't uh-huh. fit in anything. So it's currently collecting dust inside the Ikea cabinet. So uh, it, it, 100% depends on the car. So the Formula 1 cars are a lot bigger. Uh, the Porsche fits by like a quarter inch on either side, which is pretty good. But mm. I think it's an 18 scale display box, so or or bigger cuz the van is inside the same box. It's the van wouldn't fit in anything but that. So we uh I kind of had to make it work, unfortunately and the truck doesn't fit. The 24 scales are good, but you can't put like lifted trucks or that little that little party truck thing that I built for NNL this year doesn't fit with the with the rack on the top so I made the the rack magnetic I'll pull it out for you if you want yeah let's check it out um so this one right here this little k truck that I did the wheels and stuff on this thing clears the top by like an eighth of an inch it's really tight so in order to make everything uh fit in here you can see the the little rack in the back where the guy is it's a separate thing so on this truck specifically i made it so it's magnetic and now whenever i need to display it i just pull the truck out so here's the the truck and then i can just clip this on magnets and now it's good to go so now it doesn't have to fit in the box but on display it's all there which is nice but I'm super happy with this thing I, I there's a whole series of these little trucks like arcade truck and food trucks and all that stuff and I, I definitely need to build more of these because they're really cool to put on display. But it's it's more the uh, the oddball stuff that i'm kind of into so.
0: <laughs> the more weird it is, the more likely I, it is that i'm going to build it. Do you Do you think you're into those because not too many people build that. Like the the uh, different you know,
1: my taste is all over the place. Like I like hot rods, low riders, traditional hot rods. I don't care what it is. Honestly, it's just this the Japanese culture thing is kind of kind of my big thing because I've been into it for so long since I was about 18 years old. So naturally that's kind of where I fall. But um yeah, I maybe unique is is a good word, but uh at some point I just I just think they're cool. You know, like a little arcade video game truck or, um, gosh, what else? There's, I don't know. There's like soup trucks, fish trucks. Um, yeah,
0: fish the, soup, fi- the fish though. trucks look super <laughs> With know, drum, cool. With uh, the fish yeah.
1: Um, But I don't know. They're just fun. It's, they're what I call like a quick satisfaction build. So I can build it in a few weeks and I'm done, you know. And it's one of those things to kind of get your juices flowing. So you can focus more on a bigger project like my police car right here. So, um it's one of those things kind of get you know get you back in the mood because sometimes you you fall off and you don't want to build uh, no motivation, and then you do something quick like that, and then it turns out good, and now the motivation's kind of back for me to go back and start building something else. um and that's kind of where I ended up on the crown because I dove right into the flashing lights thing um and it helps that I work with a bunch of scientists and engineers and stuff, so they you know if I have any questions, they're. An uh, office doorway.
0: Dang, that's dope. <laughs> not everybody <laughs> I, gets to do that. Have you ever reached like a point where you've ever wanted to like kind of like quit or step away from it for a while? Like, uh, the- not quit. There's just sometimes like in the
1: dead of summer, no motivation. It's too hot. You know, I uh, that that Celica with the uh, the green and yellow paint on it with the stripes. I built that when it was 107 degrees in my garage damn uh, and i tall, had to figure dude. out yeah <laughs> dude it was miserable um it was for a build-off and i uh i ended up having to thin some mr hobby paint down an unreal amount just to get it so it wouldn't dry before it touched the car um, but i got it done <laughs> but yeah damn. yeah winter's okay painting it as you know in cold weather is not always the best idea. I've found ways to kind of make it work, but mm-hmm. it's still not foolproof. So you get you know mis- mistakes every once in a while.
0: That's but, cool. I have a couple questions, and these are coming mm-hmm. from, Kay- from Casey. Oh, uh, he wants to know what's the best kit ever experienced.
1: I like that van kit, honestly. I wish they made him again. It's, uh, it's you're talking about the vanning, much. right? yeah if they made that kit again i'd probably have 10 of them it was it it didn't fit perfect and a lot of the parts are really fragile but man once it's done it looks so cool and you could do a million things that's based off of a cartoon back in the 80s it was called uh Shakotan boogie and it was uh, the the cartoon car was a toyota soar but i took that same livery and applied it to this van um just because i like the way it looked it's kind of a real simple paint job you know take a circle cutter and cut your circle stencils paint your dots
2: and on the van it worked out good uh let me pull it back out here for you on the vending kit in particular is uh so where the blue is and the, and the white
1: that's actually the kit that the the body kit that you basically glue onto it so i use the kit itself as the tape line and the masking to separate the the white from the blue. So there wasn't a lot of thinking involved with getting it to look right, but it's uh, there's a million things you could do with it. You know, you could put lights on the inside. There's guys up in the Bay Area that uh, put stereos in their models, so they disassemble little speaker boxes. And then they, they put all the uh, wiring inside of like, uh, the one I remember specifically is this truck. It's a Toyota truck but it connects to his phone and he plays music through the, the truck the whole time. And I definitely like to do that on, on one of these vans. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah,
0: man, that's crazy. you know, um, you're doing the lights for the cop car and like, you know, they're working lights and everything. Yeah. As far as like electronics, um, is that something you kind of learn on your own from, or did you, was it top to you? <laughs> I'm the
1: worst or best, I guess, when it comes to that. Anytime I want to learn something, I'll dive in head first. You know i uh i painted with cans for like two cars and then immediately bought into an entire airbrush system and now i've got like 500 bottles of paint different colors you know tropical glitter anything you can think of i probably got 15 20 airbrushes of different flavors and i dive headfirst into things and that's how the printing thing came about um i just thought about it and someone it took you know talking to one person to convince me it was a good idea so i bought a printer resin and started going on that and it kind of goes with everything really if it's worth doing it's worth overdoing
0: <laughs> yeah damn, that's cool and then a, a second question uh from casey he wants to know what are your favorite wheels
1: Mmm. for cars or trucks does it matter uh, uh, does it have to be something i printed or can it be like a kit yeah anything okay um let me, uh, I want to come back to that blue skyline
0: here then. Uh, yeah, let's see it. Probably some of, the, probably some of my
1: favorites right here is the, uh, the uh, yayawi's or something like that. I don't remember what they're called, but they're like the cherry blossom wheels from Aoshima. Um, I like, I really like that. And then I don't think I have another car with. Uh there's another set I haven't I really like the wheels. I just haven't used them yet because I probably don't have that many in my my stash. So if I don't have a lot of my find excuses not to use them, which is probably not a good idea, but um yeah, if if it had to be anything, it would be those. And then actually plug for Casey. He he did a uh, Devil Japan IF Racing. No one makes those for kits, and his print turns out awesome. So that that's another one it's a super rare wheel in full scale um and that's probably why there's not actually a model version and he came up with it and now i just need to build a car to have it cuz um i wish i had some handy i'd show you but they look really good
0: <laughs> yeah damn that's pretty dope and i have one uh one, one last question here uh this is coming from snacks okay uh, he wants to know how or where would you suggest someone to get into lighting or your police car.
2: Um, I don't.
1: I kind of filmed the lighting thing after talking to a guy at work. Honestly, um, he kind of explained like the whole Ohm's law and all this stuff, and from there, I just kind of ran with it. At, what my electronic knowledge is is very limited, um, but like just basic things like just putting static lights, like headlights that are on or off. Uh, It's really easy to do. The only thing you have to do is is figure out what resistance you need, because you can't feed too much voltage into an LED because it'll burn out. But if you put the right resistor, it can run forever. LEDs last a long time. They draw hardly any current. Um, So just starting with the basics of just figuring out what resistors you need from that. You're good. You know, Uh, very simple. There's like two formulas you need to figure it out um and certainly if he needs help with it just contact me and i'll i'll
0: talk him through it yeah and and, um you know as far as you know like zoom on sells like some light sets but they're more for like Mm -hmm. headlights and all that um do you think like little setups like that can also kind of be used like those materials to do like lighting uh
1: dude for leds the best thing you can do i buy all my stuff on amazon so cheap. You can get like a thousand LEDs for like 12 bucks. Um, and you can get pre-wired stuff that's, it's SMD service mount diode. There's, they're super small. Um, and I think that's what Stoke uses on his cars. Um, but there it's, it's super cheap to just buy a stash of this stuff. It's another one of those things where like, you know, I kind of learned basics about it and I went out and bought everything. (laughs) It's one of those bad habits I've got. So I've got, buckets of leds and resistors and uh i have triple five timers that's what i use triple five timers for my flashing lights um i have blank circuit boards i you know it it got out of control pretty quick but it's another one of those things like if i ever need to do it or i decide to put lights on a car i just walk to my room and it's there and ready to go so i don't lose the motivation because if i think about it too long i probably won't do it
0: yeah and then I got another question. I'm gonna just throw it in here. It just came in. This is from Ryan. Uh, he wants to know uh, for your Paco, did you uh, use dry flake or did you mix that? Um, you know, I, no. It was
1: it was like a comet silver base from Tropical Glitz. And then before I knew about it, I listened to a show you had with Armando, and, and he was talking about doing flake with inner coat, Yeah, uh, which is what I do now. But previously, I was spraying it with two part clear.
0: Oh damn. So you're yeah. mixing you're pouring the flake into the clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's right. what
1: I did before. I didn't know about Intercoat. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after listening to that show, I immediately went out and bought a quart of Intercoat from mm-hmm. House of
0: Color. Damn, that's dope. Oh,
1: tropical blitz. I don't remember what I have right now. Uh-huh. I might be able to tell you. I think I got some right here. I got all my paint sitting right next to
2: me. Right.
0: Yeah, I I've been thinking about like ordering from from uh um, like coast, because I know they have like the the house of color.
1: That's actually where I buy a lot of my and, stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about um getting, you know, some inner coat because I still have, have all my flake. I still have a bunch of flake. I still have <laughs> tropical glitz. I, I even have been. like some of the house of color pearls, like mm-hmm. the dry pearls. Oh man. I, I pretty much just have to buy the inner coat and the reducer yeah and this way i could like mix it all in and then just you know start applying it to some of my my builds and do
1: that with everything too so i i buy big bottles of um house of color reducer um, because most like the clear coats the two-part clears are urethane house of color stuff is urethane i use ppg and you can thin so it's two-part clear but if you add reducer it can change the flow properties so when it cures it can dry uh, with a little bit less orange peel um, and that's I use the house to color reducer on everything uh, and that includes color um, PPG clear it's totally fine with that so far. Uh, but it's
0: yeah like this stuff right here actually.
2: Oh, hell
1: yeah, dude. Uh,
0: the that's stuff right there, I have, dude. I have the fast you. one and slow one too for
1: winter and summer. So. Show us
0: that one again, because it kind of, I kind of threw oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, the RU311 uh, medium reducer. Um, I would recommend this t- stuff to anybody. This stuff is great if you're just trying it's to thin. Because you get a three-part clears. That's what it is. It's, a, it's clear activator and then reducer. So it's, my clear is four to one, and I'll just match the uh activator amount so i'll do four to one to one and that's yeah. generally enough to to get the flow coated finish i'm after because like i said earlier i don't like the wet sand and polish because i'm really bad at it mm-hmm. so if if i can find ways to get around it um i will and that four to one to one on my clear coat seems to be what works so far for me so i'll stick to that plan and until, until that starts to backfire so then we'll yeah.
0: it a bit. <laughs> and, and are you using is that the the show clear that you're
1: no, no i use this what stuff kind of clear are you there. using it's the cheapest like ppg thing you can get at the paint store it's a uh, omni lv by ppg it's just some cheap stuff i think it's like 60 bucks a quart so it's mc262 and mh267 for the activator i'm actually almost out because i paint uh car parts too like valve covers and stuff like that for people so oh nice I, uh, are you doing
0: this all there in the garage yeah
1: <laughs> or in the front yard I yeah have okay. a roof at the old house but I don't have one anymore so
0: uh-huh. it's uh
1: I kind of make do with
0: what I've got here yeah when you're gonna do the, those jobs with the flake are you like kind of covering stuff up <laughs> yeah. it get anywhere painters tarps for sure yeah <laughs> uh,
1: and, and and it's still not enough generally because <laughs> it, it it'll fall below you but it somehow gets everywhere else uh, in any satellite area near you so mm-hmm. and, uh, there's no winning with flake it looks really good when it's done but man the cleanup process is a pain
0: yeah it's crazy man it, get, it gets on everything yeah but it looks good when it's done so who cares <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah my my um i have one of those um those little spray boots like the ones that everybody has yeah that I, funny story about those too i mine's all jacked up
1: yeah, because those things, those things are like hundred bucks now. My dad found those on eBay for fifteen dollars shipped. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he, there was a time when they were cheap, dude. I couldn't believe they were basically just giving them away because the, there's no
1: way the shipping was fifteen dollars. They they were probably losing money on those things, but
0: yeah, just but sitting in
1: storage right now because I don't have anywhere to put it. So
0: yeah, I want to say maybe like twenty fifteen or so. I remember seeing them, and they were like fifty to sixty bucks. Yeah, that's a, that's about right. He found them on eBay. I don't even know why he was looking, but there was i
1: think there was five and then by the time he sent me the link there was three and he ended up buying two and giving one to me (laughs)
2: yeah
1: 15 dollars shipped like one five so yeah i think now they're money but
0: yeah they're they're anywhere from 100 150 now yeah
1: honestly it's worth it if you have a place to do it it really it Mm -hmm. does a decent job keeping dust and stuff off your cars which is nice because i'm always fighting dust and dog hair problems out here so yeah, the struggle is not worth it. If if you can spend 100 to 150 on a spray booth, I would 100% recommend it.
0: Yeah, no how. yeah. Yeah, because I still have mine, but mine's all jacked up. Like I've dropped <laughs> like reducer, thinner yeah. on it, the plastic yeah, sort
1: melting. I think you can replace the filter with like uh, HVAC filters from Walmart and stuff hmm Just cut and them out. Plug it in the back. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. that filter clogs up and it won't do anything. So you have to constantly replace that because the overspray will fill up the filter pretty quickly. It does.
0: Yeah. No, it does. Because I even got flake all over it and everything. <laughs> yeah, inside. the flake it's will
1: like plug that thing up in an instant. bombarded.
0: Yeah, dude. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. I gotta like constantly like take this out, replace it with like a new one. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, but it it's doesn't...
1: worth it if you if you really don't want to fight with painting, you know, and, and having stuff. out nice the first try that's the good thing about metal flake is you have a lot more it's a lot more forgiving to getting stuff in the paint like you don't notice dust at all so there's another reason why it's nice especially when you paint in a garage like me so if i get dust in a metal flake car no big deal we'll just sand it back and clear coat it again so
0: yeah and and like when you apply your flake and then you're you're spraying your clear on there um how do you know when to stop like when's enough clear? Um, I still
1: haven't figured that out yet, uh, because every time I start sanding and masking i'll I'll get pieces of glitter that come off on the tape. um but I was watching a guy in Japan, and I'm gonna try it on the next one I think is when you when you spray the flake with the clear, it's a really rough surface, as you know, and if you try to clear over that, it doesn't seem like it adds to it, so you gotta let it cure, and when you let it cure first, you come at it with scotch bright and it'll get the pits. And the peaks of that rough finish, and then the clear will stick everywhere and then you can sand that back and now it's totally smooth. And it seems like it's I haven't tried it yet, but the theory seems to make sense. So um, I've applied it to bigger stuff like painting engine parts and stuff, and it works fine on a little car, it might be a little harder, but the flake is also a lot smaller. So I think it'll work. I just need to come up with an idea for flaking something
0: because mm-hmm. I, I really hey, want you to saw this on a right video hands. huh you saw this on a video
1: yeah there's a guy uh z something z warrior or something out in japan he paints full-size cars but he he does a lot of metal flaking and that's where i saw because he was using colored flake instead of candy and when you can't you can't sand colored flake because the second you touch the flake it turns silver
0: yeah uh-huh. and that's why he was doing the top
1: <laughs> right thing to get a build up over the the flake and then he could sand back and it was totally smooth and it worked out really good so yeah, you know, I'm
0: trying to think. I think I've seen this dude's videos. He does like a lot of pattern work, right? Uh he has, like, yeah.
1: And yeah, yeah
0: wild paint job he yeah, like yeah, a style yeah.
1: XB or something with some crazy yeah. paint. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember you know that. Episode.
1: Okay. Um, and then he did like a the the one that I saw he did the Scotch Bright on was he painted a like a C3 Corvette. Um, uh, and it was for his daughter or something, and it was in pink flake it was it was bright <laughs> but damn he got his he, yeah, he, a he hit it hard with pink flake and then he let it dry and then he scotch brighted it so the whole car was scuffed and then he came back with like three or four passes of clear and then he sanded that back and now the color flake was totally sealed it was smooth and then he could come back and flow coat it so it, it all makes sense i just gotta you know find the motivation to paint a, a flaked car again because it is so messy but I think my next paint project I'd really want to try is like you guys, the guys that build the lowriders, I got the most respect from that is hard to do, but I really like to try patterns on a Japanese car.
2: Yeah. That's yeah one be... I
1: really want to, I've been wanting to try it forever. I, I always talk with my friend Jan out in Puerto Rico, man, he he's a good motivator, but I got to, I got to really pull one out of my bag deep for that one uh but i think if i can get it done i think it'll look pretty cool because it's it's kind of nice to sit in the garage and just kind of tape like masking something i don't know what it is like you just throw in some headphones and you just work and it it, the motivation continues because you see this the design coming coming together and it's then you just want to keep going and i'll find myself out here until 11 o'clock at night on a work day You know, I got to be up at 430 in the morning, so that's for me, but you just kind of get buried in it and you just keep going and it it happens a lot, but as far as I'm concerned, it's a good thing because it keeps me out of trouble. So I'll, uh, I'll have my late nights here and here and there and, and no complaints from me
0: yeah when do you model build then when when do you have time to build since you go to when i get home at like
1: three thirty. anything after that if i you know if i got nothing else to do i'll i'll jump in the garage and just work on stuff i don't really have a tight schedule like i said i just have dogs and cars so <laughs> they're pretty self-sufficient they just sleep on the couch all day so <laughs> yeah, i'll, like, I'll sit in the garage is. for five or six hours at a time and
0: yeah know, the cars. yeah they're probably just chilling next to you yeah. well they were field. just out here
1: earlier i, I put them away though because it's it's not very warm in here it's it's
0: 52 degrees in the garage so Damn. <laughs> um give give us a showcase of some of the cars behind you that we haven't seen yet um okay like that top one what's that top one it's like a red one.
1: Oh, that's my civic it's a race car it's a uh, oh hold on it's taped up i didn't want to get an avalanche of car kits coming down off the table here on video that'd be slightly embarrassing wouldn't it um this uh it's a Civic Touring car, Hasegawa. Pretty fun little car to do. I, it's one of those things, I, I do pretty simple decal designs because the, uh, the decal thing is, is a challenge for sure. Um, so when you see my cars, there's not a lot of complex liveries. It's a lot of just like brand names and stuff um, because right now I'm just kind of practicing my, my decal work. But um, there's that one um this one right here actually this one was one of my favorites i would say i really like doing this car this is the tamia alfa romeo uh jagermeister this uh splash paints jagermeister orange um and this car is cool uh i have the whole series there's like a martini one there's a whole bunch of other stuff but um i don't know race cars are kind of an addiction i just need to build more of them uh they just they're so time consuming and if you screw up on the decals you're kind of at a dead point you know and then i'll pull out this is one of the ones that my dad did this is kind of the decal work that he's good at like this is like the entire back clamshell of this car is a decal and there's no wrinkles at all (laughs) i don't know how he does it but it's one of those things that, um. I'm not willing to ruin an expensive kit, uh, at least not yet, to learn how to do really complex decals. Um, I can
2: pull out the big Porsche if you want. Where's this guy? This this one was the one that took a while, but this one was really
1: fun. It's a 12-scale 934. Um, the whole bottom is kind of done. This one I kind of took pride because I designed and printed like a ton of pieces of hardware like bolts and stuff and i cut all the bolts that were molded in on the parts and every bolt on this thing has been replaced with a hex bolt so if you look under it doesn't look like a lot but underneath the car the whole car is covered in gold bolts like you would get like the old cadmium plated bolts and stuff um but this one was pretty fun the 12 scales are fun they just they take so long to do if you want to do a lot of detail and stuff um What else am I missing here, Edgar? I don't even know. This little guy. This one was pretty cool. And this is kind of the motivation for the next police cars. I did a little Toyota Corolla police cars. I can't build them stock. Everything has to be really low to the ground.
2: But um, this one, I like this one too because it's. I stripped the chrome
1: off, and I actually this is actually Molotow chrome on the wheels. And it's a way better finish because these these old 14-inch wheels are never chrome. They're polished aluminum. Um, and in terms of finish, I think this is a lot better because some of the cars, the chrome is a little bit too chrome. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's not not a whole lot more up here. Honestly, I haven't built that many cars. A lot of them, some of them I've given away. I, I build cars for friends as gifts, and they they disappear forever. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure thing. they're... They're enjoying them. That police oh, yeah. car right there. What what brand made that? What company? It's an
1: Aoshima it? Toyota Corolla police car. Oh, what? Yeah. I've never seen that one before. I got it a few years ago.
0: It might be one of those
1: ones they haven't made in a while, but mm-hmm. um, I know someone was talking about building police cars and not a lot of people build them. And that's why I'm doing yeah. this because then there's, uh, a, there's another example of a police car out there.
0: Yeah, whenever um, whenever Aoshima like has made them available, like with my distributor, like to get the yeah. police cars, I just get them. Like I oh yeah, I have well, a
1: super fun cars. The only difference yeah, I have is a, a bunch of, of them, and I'm like, heard. I'm like, dude, I want to build one. Oh, dude, you got to do it. This the crown actually. So I'm not gonna do the crown in regular black and white like I did on the Corolla. I'm gonna do um this. <laughs> you can laugh at it with me here um tropical glitz interstellar pearl white and then i'm going to do a metallic black oh hell yeah it's going to be like a flashy looking police car i think it'll be pretty good (laughs) (laughs) something a little different you know it's yeah that's tight you can build them stock but modifying them is a whole lot better
0: yeah i'm going to do
1: that and i that's why i did the skyline and metal flake is because it was cool with the decals but it was way better with the flake on it
0: Mm -hmm, doing it that way
1: I think it just stands out a lot more and I just like the way it looks. So Mm -hmm. I kind of stick to that trend and I rarely build anything the way it's supposed to be, unless it's a race car, then I'll try to get as close as I can.
0: That's cool, man. Just like doing your own take on it. You know, exactly.
1: That's the whole joy of this is, is you kind of do what you want. And the more it stands out, it seems like for me, at least the more people seem to like it because it's not just like a traditional cop car it's lowered uh mine will have flashing lights and it'll have pearl and metallic paint and it'll just be one of those things that it, it won't look like a regular cop car and that's what i like about it um and of course it's a lot cheaper to do this than it is to get a real cop car so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah for real man that's cool man it's a trip man you you it's like you have the you know you're you're building the models and you have the one-on-one skill cars too coming in mm-hmm you know um do you also aren't you also collecting like uh 164 scale i collect everything man yeah
1: yeah, i got a ton of hot wheels too
0: yeah um
1: i got a lot of those uh they have the uh, aoshima 164 scale like uh they're like mystery box things so you get 12 in a case yeah i got i got a bunch of those too um that's tight because you don't get a lot of die cast cars in that kaido racer style and that mm-hmm. seems to be kind of all I can find. So anytime a new case comes out, I tend to buy it instead of, because you get the mystery box, you don't know what's in there. So if, when you buy the box, you get everything. Yeah. So, and most times it's cheaper to just buy the whole box. It's, it's not a good way to do it. But um, if you want to collect everything, it's certainly. Oh yeah, to most-
0: <laughs> uh, yes, get to it. That's cool, man. Yeah. I I have some of them because um, I've gotten the the boxes from my distributor when they come out. Yeah. I've gone in series uh, 13 and 14 in the store. Yeah. But for those things, like you know, some of them, they just, you know, they take off, like people get them and yeah, I, and yeah, you know, I've opened some of them and I've seen them and I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. these are pretty cool, man. That's what's a little different about me is I tend to open everything.
1: Um, I Opening Hot Wheels, you know, some guys are into the treasure hunts and all that stuff and I'll open them. It doesn't matter to me uh most of the times because i'm only a dollar into it so uh resale value isn't something i consider if it's just something i want to display in my cabinet you know so i don't know i'm a i'm a professional hobbyist if you will so kind of jack of all trades here yeah i'll get get into anything i don't care what it is as long as it looks fun i'm in
0: no that's pretty dope dude and how do you store your paint? Uh, do you put it in a, in a case or, or you just kind of just leave it around chilling everywhere? There's paint
1: everywhere. Uh, there's some on my cart here. I've got boxes up on the workbench. I've got two toolboxes full of paint. <laughs> it's, it's gotten a little out of hand. I got a lot of paint, but some of it I go through a lot. Um, like I have a ton of primer sitting around, but in terms of light colors, I I buy a lot of different paint because I'm colorblind. So I don't like to mix colors. I like to just find the color I need. So I've got a lot of stuff from like Mr. Hobby, Tamiya, um, Vallejo. I got a lot of stuff just because it's easier to find what I need instead of mixing it. I have some friends that will help me mix stuff, but my color vision isn't the best. So it's one of those things I try to avoid mixing if I can. And I, I just buy a huge array of different colors to get what I need. And sometimes I'll I won't mix, but like like on this car, I was going to mix a pearl color, but I ended up just doing like a Tamiya pearl white. And then it's just Tamiya clear orange over the top. And this is kind of what I got. But it's, uh, paint, paint collecting is a, a totally separate hobby at this point <laughs> with how much is out there now, especially since we're getting all the Tamiya lacquers and stuff. It's really good paint. Um, if you don't use automotive stuff, I use a lot of automotive stuff too. Um, like here's how's the color base white. Um, I have like art deco, a lot of tropical glitz colors and, um, but just having the, the options and just being able to go get what I need right out of my, my toolbox is a lot easier than coming up with something or having to buy it and ship it in and wait for it. Yeah. Your are most- none of my stuff's ever get, it, it never gets halted. Cause I always have what I need here. So yeah.
0: No, it's, it sucks when you like, you want something, you need it and you don't have it. And then exactly you order it and your motivation is already kind of like doing the lead like,
1: oh. Yeah. And I, I can't play with the motivation. Cause like I said, if I lose motivation, it goes away for a while. So yeah, know this year was a real good one. That's why I, like the next day I was on this crown mm-hmm. uh, and I, I had already on a breadboard. I built a circuit for the flashing lights, got the crown. It's almost done with body work. It's all primed and stuff. Um, and drilled for the wires and everything's there but now <clears throat> like the second day after um, this thing was ready to go and then i got wiring and now i just need to do the paint so that's the best part though is painting the cars uh, but actually no i correct myself i need to get it to sit low and that's going to be a challenge because this is one of the, this crown i'll show you the kit here it's one of those really nice so it's got a bunch of suspension parts it's not just like a like the old school cars or they used to be little rc cars so they got little battery packs and all this other stuff in the box so they're super easy to slam down and make it low but the crown's going to be a bit more of a challenge but that's okay i want to try to do it without using metal axles because the metal axles is kind of like it's cheating as far as i'm concerned but it works Mm -hmm. um i'm going to try to do a lot more stuff like this more elaborate stuff This year, instead of just curbside, like I've always done. Yeah. I have a
0: question in the chat room. This is coming from Jake. He wants to know, uh, how many months does it take you, uh, to build? It depends on what it is.
1: Um, I can build as quick as three weeks. Um, I think generally about two months, uh, depending on how complex I want to do everything a lot of stuff I do like I said is curbside race cars tend to take a lot longer like this crown I've been on it for since NNL so three weeks and I'm only in primer so I have a feeling this will be a three or four month car but um I I would say an average is two months uh assuming the motivation is there it can be a lot quicker if uh if I really want to get it done
0: nice and any any plans uh for you to come out to SoCal this year for like a model car event uh it depends
1: right now i only have two cars and i don't think either one's going to get over the grapevine <laughs> hmm. but once that new car comes in it's something i'm going to look into because from what i've seen you guys' model car culture down there is crazy compared to up here so because you guys got the do they do it at the roadster show or no
0: Uh, yeah so the roadster Show just just happened um hmm. So at the beginning of this month and i wasn't there but i wasn't able to go the sunday but the sunday is the day when they do the model show so yeah. pretty much the event starts like friday saturday sunday mm-hmm. and there there are uh they have the, the area set up so like modelers could display their cars like on a saturday and there was some photos i saw of uh pictures taken of models that were there mm-hmm. but the sunday is like more when Everyone shows up, brings their bills, and that's when they do like awards. Oh yeah. Things like that. Um yeah, it's, it's definitely something
1: I I need to do. Uh and then, you know, tow a couple guys down with me so we can all make an a uh, you guys always make your appearance for N and L up here because that's kind of the big show for us. Um and at some point I hopefully this year I can get down that way and attend some of the you guys got a million shows down there, it seems like, compared to up here.
0: Yeah, there's uh let me plug them in right now. So uh, while we're talking about model car shows, so there's two shows like mm-hmm. so far, uh, coming up like ones at the end of this month, it's going to be on a Sunday, uh, the 26th, uh, okay. this is taking place in Ventura. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here at the Ventura. Oh, Fair I think County.
1: I saw the flyer for that.
0: Yeah. This is the, the model fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that's coming up here. i am let me pull up their, uh, that flyer. So this way I could just kinda, uh, read on here. So model fest contest and swap me. At Seaside Park, Ventura County Fairgrounds, 10 West Harbor Boulevard, Ventura, California, 93001. goes mm. from eight thirty a.m. to 3 p.m. How uh, oh, much day? The 26th? Is that like? Yeah, it's th- on a Sunday. That's Sunday. A- okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's one show that's this month in February. Uh, we'll be there vending. Uh, another show that's coming up, this won't be all the way until May. So you still have like time, you know, mm. like. If you can't come out to the Ventura one, obviously, um, there's one going to be in May mm. and the one in May is going to be like a pretty big one. Um, that's mm-hmm. SoCal open.
1: Oh yeah, no, I've definitely
0: heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much like, you know, that's like the closest thing to like an NNL, but it's yeah. called so open and that one's going to be taking place on the 7th of May, one week before mother's day
1: yeah that's also really close to i believe may 20th is ipms in texas and uh i've already got tickets and a hotel with my dad out there to go to that too you guys are gonna go to that nice. yeah we went to the one in arizona it was good the only i wish there was more cars but the cars that show up man their build quality is amazing mm-hmm. uh, but it's everything you got gundams you got sci-fi planes battleships anything you can think of Damn. is at an ipms um, great place to be a vendor though, man. There's so many people that go to that event.
0: And this is uh the Texas area. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's down, it's like three hours south of Dallas or something like that. I forget what my dad said. But uh we're just I'm gonna just fly into Dallas and stay at his house and we're gonna drive down. And then the hotels get packed up uh the weekend of the event, or it's like a week. I think it goes from like Tuesday till saturday or something like that and you always if you want to go to the the vending area and add to your collection if you don't need to uh you go on tuesday so you can kind of take benefit of what's there uh before everybody else uh but i've only been to one it was in arizona but it was still really good definitely
0: recommend it to people damn that's pretty cool yeah there's there's also another show um at the NHRA museum oh, I've heard about that in November yeah, uh, as well. And that's in the city of Pomona. That's also a good show too.
1: Is that cause I'm a drag race. I love drag racing. That's my big thing. Yeah. Uh, is it drag theme stuff or in terms of like the models that show up, it's anything, huh?
0: Yeah. It's like anything, but you do see that though there on display yeah. too, like models. But aside from that though, um, when you, when you pay your, your, you know, your entrance fee for the mm. model show, You also get to, you have access, uh, to preview the, the museum itself. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. So it's like, it's all in the same building. Yeah. It's just, they, they have, they have a particular room, uh, where they host the model car event. Mm -hmm. How many, how many guys, how many cars you usually have on the tables there? Oh, I mean, the, the room's not that big. but as far as like cars like the tables do get pretty full man and i don't know if it's anywhere between 100 to 200 cars like pretty good it's pretty good i think it just varies like each year 100
1: yeah because we had uh what was it last year they did NNL at a, a weird time it was like uh july or something and almost nobody showed up it was really dead uh but then this one back in january man. I think one of the guys that was hosting he said there was almost 800 cars there, which was awesome to see everybody was back, man. It was, it's refreshing to see everybody's back
0: out and, you know, bringing fresh cars out that they built. And mm-hmm. that's crazy. So, so like when you were there last year, cause it was like, you know, like that date, it was kind of off and it's like post pandemic, yeah. mm-hmm. like, did it feel kind of weird? Like there was like no
1: vendors. It was, mm-hmm. it was almost like they had just started the show over again, like from scratch, there was it was so small compared to normal NNL, which is usually packed
0: tables, the vendor area is crazy. It was Yeah, it was weird to see. Yeah, I Um, wonder if like, if that was something the promoter or like the organizers were a little stressed on, you know, they were like, probably because I I think they probably knew that
1: it wasn't going to be huge because of the time. mm -hmm. I think everybody's used to it being in January or February. Yeah. Um, And was that the one gavin came out and i i yeah i think he was there vending at that one yeah i was at his booth he got me in i was vending at his booth with him that's cool i was helping him out um but he uh yeah he it didn't stop the lowrider guys from coming and cleaning out his uh his bins man he did good <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, his, sure it.
1: some of his stuff his stuff is nice
0: yeah need lowrider was it a trip for you to see that, like, looking back at, like, you guys are just kicking it, and then now he's there, but he had a boost?
1: Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I've known him for a lot longer than just models, though, because he uh, – I originally met him and a friend of mine, Randy, when they came up from Southern California to go to an RC car track at one of the local hobby stores, and that's how I originally met him. And that was probably 10 years ago, maybe more. Um, and he, Gavin was – he ran these crazy detailed RC car bodies too, so he's never changed. He just used to play with bigger stuff, and now he does the model stuff just as good.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy! I never knew that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he was an
1: RC drift guy. That's how I. That's how I originally met him. Um, I have. I'm not in that game anymore though. It's, it's too expensive. Like a car is, you know, three five thousand dollars, something like that. You know, <laughs> that's a lot and of money for my big. You were you were <laughs> racing
0: these cars, or were you like drifting? Uh, drifting, drifting. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's,
1: we used to go down to Southern California for our C car competitions all the time. We mm-hmm. probably went down five or six times a year for competitions and stuff. Um,
2: hey, now it's like, it's like
1: cutthroat, man. These guys are really good. <laughs> I cannot, I can't keep up with them anymore. So I, I, I step back. I'm good. So I just kept two cars and a couple bodies and that's it. So. <clears throat>
0: that's yeah, crazy were you also painting the bodies too mm-hmm. yeah i still got a
1: lot of the ones i painted uh i did a lot of replica stuff um doing the stuff with Lexan is a lot harder than it is with models because you paint them from the inside out so you have to paint them backwards so you would do if you wanted a candy car you do candy metallic base like black and then you do a, a backing coat so it's not transparent anymore Mm-hmm. I had to get out of that mindset to paint models cuz you have to paint them like a normal car.
0: Yeah, when here for
1: like 6 or 7 years, so I got so used to doing it like that that it was a little weird for me.
0: That's crazy when you're talking about backwards. I'm I'm picturing what you were saying. Like how do you do it when you're doing like patterns and all that? <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that's it's hard. So you'd have to mask.
1: I I never even did patterns, honestly. Um just simple graphics, but like on that you'd have to do like you'd normally do on a car but instead of you'd mask it like normal so you got all your patterns lined out and then you'd uh mask off the panel you want to focus on but you do the candy first which is a little weird because it doesn't always go on very good because the the lexan it doesn't take paint very well so it'll fisheye really easy if you're not careful so that's one of those things that got a little frustrating painting cars um because they kind of got rid of lacquer paints for um. Gosh, there was like spastics and some other companies that made lacquers, but they slowly went away. Um, and you were kind of stuck with like fast color, uh, water based stuff, and it didn't stick worth a shit. Sorry, but
0: um, <laughs> that's all good. Don't worry. It's,
1: uh, yeah, the, the water based stuff, it made nice colors, but it didn't stick at all. And then the second you crashed, um, it would just chip off. So, you know, the RC car thing, it was cool, but man, watching your work get destroyed on the track was,
0: Kind of <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, you're like, what the hell, man? Yeah, man, yeah. that's crazy. That's pretty expensive. like It is. And you spend up. cars and then it Four just times. gets punched
1: up. So it sucks, but it's part of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, now you just get to enjoy your car just chilling, exactly. not moving anywhere.
1: Yeah, at some point, I'd like to because I go to a lot of car shows locally, like uh, just like Cars and Coffee and stuff like that. I like to just display the cars, the models, and just get people's attention. Um, because the more you get people's attention, the more likely they are to say, Hey, where can I start doing that? And then you can kind of guide them in the way that I started or something like that to local hobby store and just kind of get them rolling with a can of paint and a car. You know, the uh, that little, that younger guy that I was talking about in Florida, he saw some of my stuff and he uh, ended up with a couple kits and now he's built like six or seven cars and he's having a ball with it. He's he's got he i send a bunch of 3d parts to him to get him rolling um and he uses my stuff so it's cool to see and i think he's only 16 which you don't get a lot of the younger generation doing this stuff which is unfortunate um but anything i can do to contribute to the the growth of it i'm here you know i'll help people with 3d printing and on occasion design stuff not a, not as much but you know on special request i might consider designing something for somebody just to kind of keep the ball rolling for everybody. So but once I design it, anybody can benefit, which is nice.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dope, man, that you're you're doing that because I I feel like everyone has that opportunity to meet someone that's like younger Mm -hmm. or interested in auto building. And it's just like, you know, instead of like ignoring them or whatever, it's best to just like, you know, tell them how to and, um, you know, that way you could like, keep pushing them to explore more on that interest they have.
1: Exactly that. And and it's not like it used to be, like um, back in the days when people are real secretive about how they did everything. Now it's, you know, no one's like that. Everybody will answer questions. Like, I'm happy to answer any questions people have. You know, if I have an answer, I'll give it to you. Uh just because it's it doesn't benefit us as a group or a, as hobbyists to keep secrets, you know. Like if you need to know something, ask. Everybody's out there, super helpful. You know, anybody that i've talked to have been super helpful for me so listening to your show i get a lot of tips like when armando starts talking about paint i got a lot from that and that's kind of how i got into the whole flake and candy thing um but i haven't looked back because the flake and candy is my favorite thing to do now so
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: that's pretty cool man yeah i mean uh, i'm I'm happy to hear that you know that even with the podcast things like that oh yeah no this I is that's helped a lot
1: Exposing it to everybody, especially cool, since man. your fan base is a lot bigger than mine. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> dang. Is there any uh any
1: shout-outs you want to give out before we wrap this episode up, Matt? Uh definitely my dad. Uh without him and I wouldn't be working on these things now. Um, and then just all my friends that I keep in touch with. We're always just talking about cars and plans and you know, new ideas, parts, anything we can come up with. It's just fun to sit here and just talk nonsense with people and you know, you just randomly come up with really good ideas and then you can turn it into something that's real. So we uh, all, you know, for them, big kudos, um, you know, cause without them, we wouldn't keep coming up with really cool, fresh ideas. So.
0: Man, that's pretty cool, man. And um, I wanna just like thank everybody who uh, who asked questions and also joined the, the chat and like is watching live if you guys want to check out matt on instagram check out his model car builds it's at 97 jzx100 underscore matt to make sure you check that out and obviously i'm going to tag you on the description and everything because i definitely want people to see your stuff
1: yeah i'll, I'll try to put more model stuff up too because it was mainly like i said started for full-size cars but hmm. um that's a lot more expensive to progress with and and i have a goal of doing at least six cars this year so Um, anything that I do with that, I'll, I'll put up there just to make sure that I keep fresh stuff up there for people to check out. Certainly if they have questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. I'll help you where I can.
0: Awesome, man. I appreciate that right there. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you, bro. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, Thanks for having me, man. That was cool, man. I mean, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like going, dang. Like it's, almost, <laughs> oh, it's almost midnight. It's almost midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But it was all good, though. It um, happened quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing, like showing us your stuff. Um, of course. Hopefully you know, I got
1: ho- fresh stuff ho- for everybody this year.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, you come out to California. If it's not this year, then hopefully next year, you know, like, yeah. I mean, Southern California.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, you I'm going to be down there um, for Toyota Fest.
0: When's that? taking place
1: uh, that's if i get in uh, apparently they're on an approval process now where you okay. have to submit pictures and
0: for the car i mm-hmm. I had
1: to i had to submit pictures from the export yard because i don't have any official from
0: my <laughs> yeah yeah it's right um, is it in la or where, where is this taking place it's in long beach at the queen mary oh okay yeah yeah it's not too far it's like an hour hey, away i've been to toyota oh, fest like six or seven times it's a really good event um oh, you gotta plug uh, me in on instagram 100
1: percent. i got you
0: yeah, I want to, I want to check that out. Toyota, you can see a lot of unique stuff
1: out there. Like my, my cars, you know, if they're, if they get approved, we'll see.
0: Dang.
2: Okay. Um,
1: you'll you'll get some inspiration. If you want to build some cool Toyotas, that's a good place to look at cars. And
2: yeah.
0: get
1: some ideas. cause there's some guys come up with some wild stuff that shows up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I got to check that. I'm imagining they got an Instagram account for sure.
1: Um,
0: maybe, or maybe the low key.
1: It's uh, it's uh, what do they call it? Torque Toyota owners and restorers club or something like that. Hmm. Um, let me check for you real quick. Please. If I saved
2: it or not. Oh man. They changed the menus on this and I never, let's see. It saved. Did I save it as the question? Here it is. Um,
1: oh, sorry. That was the event that was on May 20th marina green park long beach all toyota fest 27th annual um i'm gonna forward you the thing right now edgar
0: cool yeah i want to check that out man yeah wow.
1: it, that would be a cool thing they got a guy that comes out from arizona that does a lot of vending with diecast uh jeff mm-hmm. okay but at, at some point it'd be cool to see if we can get it like a model show going as part of the uh, whole event yeah that'd be
0: pretty sick yeah
1: pretty fun because i think a lot of people would be really interested in that especially since a lot of the big model car culture seems to be in southern california instead of up here yeah Yeah, that would be pretty cool the only thing that sucks is it's outside and if it's windy oh yeah you have to be careful with that so (laughs) there, there there would be some disadvantages but if we could make that work that would be really fun
0: yeah, it would suck if things start flying, flying around everywhere.
1: Just catch a stiff wind and everything comes off. You're like, t- what the hell? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I see this, man. All Toyota fast. Yeah. And so it's
1: Toyota, Toyota, Lexus, anything made by Toyota. Um, classics, there's, you get, I went years ago and they had, that's kind of where I got this, like, bug that I needed to import a car.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: I saw a guy that had a, uh, it was a Toyota Century like yeah. a monster car. The thing is so, it's so cool. The, the the back is the place to ride because it's got like reclining seats in the back, heated and cooled. There's a pass-through on the passenger front seat so you can lay down in the back seat and your legs can... The front seat's basically your footrest. There's like TVs. It, it's the coolest car. And I, there was a guy, he drove it all the way down from Colorado or something. Um, but you look at these things, you're like, man, that's cool. And it's just a stock Toyota. You wouldn't be... So impressed if you didn't see it in person. Yeah, but it's um, it's That's definitely easy. fun, and if yeah. I, I'll I'll be down there if anybody's down there. You know what I look like now because I tend not to show my yeah, face yeah. on the internet. But um, <laughs> yeah,
0: you're like super low key on your, on uh, your Instagram. Yeah. You never I post. don't use it. Yeah, I don't you're use You never. A, you're never posting. You never posting selfies now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not like it's not not for me, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you if if anybody goes there, come find me, certainly.
0: That's cool, man.
1: You Can chop it up over anything car related. So,
0: dope. Yeah, yeah. I just started following them. Good thing you sent me this yep. the plug oh, yeah. right here. Worth the yeah. save. If,
1: yeah, if you're, da- I'll I'll give you a call. I I usually come down a few days early so I can go down and see everybody.
0: Yeah. A lot of fun Maybe, stuff. Uh, Maybe come out. We could check out that Initial D cafe. Oh, dude, we gotta go. Yeah, it's not too far from there. I
1: played that game for way too long to not go there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you team. gotta check it out. Definitely. Nice. So, all right,
0: yeah. cool man. All right, man. Well, thank you, man. You have a good night. It was thank cool you, talking to you, and uh, we'll keep in touch, man. What right, up, man? It sounds good. All right. Awesome. All right, we'll
2: have a good night. Out. Later on, everybody.